Hi, everybody. I'm Allison. I'm Levi. And this is Brack Street's Bracket, where we fight over things we love, things we like, and things that we may not care that much about, but decisions must be made, and we're the ones making them. Uh, welcome <laughs> to our podcast for episode five. How you doing, Levi? What's going on? <sighs> I've been having a lazy day. Uh, just, you know, doing a little few things around the house, uh, but slept in this morning, which slept in means 7 a.m., but I didn't have to set an alarm. There's a difference between waking up at 7 a.m. with an alarm and on your of your own accord. Oh, of course. It feels very different. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, my, my wife just left to go to a... Uh, wedding uh, a little ways away and so this is my me time <laughs> is recording with you <laughs> are you gonna watch some playoff hockey tonight i don't know man like i kind of want to but at the same time like i just i need a breather from this season like i need some space <laughs> between the end of the season uh before i start watching again so i don't know we'll see i'll, I'll probably pick it up once the penguins are eliminated <laughs> <laughs> a bold prediction. <laughs> uh, I'm fine. Um, my my mental health hasn't been too great lately, but uh, I did a pretty good long cleaning of my house today, and I'm feeling really good about that. The windows are all open, and I think like once you have, it's a sunny day, and like yes. once you have like the fresh air actually coming into the house and. I had a candle lit earlier, so things smelled really good. It was it's just one of those days. I like I'm not someone who loves to clean or is like I have to do it every day, but when I have those days where I just get up and go and just get as much done as I possibly can, you know, it it helps a lot with my mental health personally. Yeah. I uh I'm someone, so we've talked about this, not not at length, but I've, I've had a lot of struggles with mental health and depression in my life, and I am absolutely one of those people that, like, if I wake up in a good mood or if I, like, get into, if I have one of my highs among my highs and lows, I, like, really try to take advantage of it. I'm like, yeah, like, let's go, like, fucking organize something or, like, go clean something, like, because I don't know how long this peak is going to last before I get dip back into the valley. So, like, let's do something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, the longer days and, like, the sunshine. Yeah. Like, we haven't had a rainy day in a couple weeks here. So the sunshine has really helped. And uh, the fact that I can, like, hang out on my back patio for, like, a couple hours after I'm done working. It, it yeah. feels good. And it's, like that time of year where I don't have the AC on or the heat on. So like, it's yeah. that really good, almost perfect ambient temperature. So yeah. On the flip side, uh, even though I live in the South, uh, we record it. So pull peek behind the curtain. We record on Sundays. Generally, um, we record on Sunday talking about summer activities and summertime long hours. Monday and Tuesday here, it was fucking 50 degrees mm. and raining for like two days straight. And so it was just miserable for like the first half of the week. So I literally had to switch between AC, heat, and AC among like a three-day stretch, like oh back God. and forth. I would have like, yeah. a, like a head cold from doing that. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 been terrible. But aside from that, uh, I had a, a pretty okay week. Oh, but, Oh, God. I have an update on my pop-ups military saga. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. So I told my dad, I was not about the fact that we talked about on the podcast, but just about like the conversation that I had with my aunt that I talked about last week. Um, 
and he said, hold on now. And then he went, he went and pulled out some files and like, now I know so much more about my pop-ups military service. Like I still haven't seen any pictures of him in actual uniform, but um, I saw his discharge papers. Uh, My dad thinks he has his army ID somewhere, which means now I know that he served in the army. So Mm, like, yeah, that's that's one one step closer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I actually know which, uh, I mean, I don't know what the technical term is because other than my grandfather's, no one in our in our family has really served in the military. I know which like core he was in. So he was in like the fifth core that was shipped over to Germany in the army in like 1950. So hmm. yeah. So like, I know a lot more and I, I, I don't know why, like my dad just didn't like share this, all this stuff with me before, because I'm, it, this isn't the first time that I've like brought this up to my dad that I was just like, dad, we know nothing. Can, can you shed any light here? Um, right. But like he had, my dad had all this documentation and it was, um, it was pretty cool. And like, I still, I still kind of think my, my pop-up did some, like, potentially, like, shady shit in Germany, but, um, all information points to the fact that it was, it was really a desk job, but who's to say, really? Yeah, that's the thing. When you, (laughs) I actually was watching a video about this recently, just in regards to, like, how the media represents things, and, like, it was talking about is specifically in relation to coronavirus, but it goes with everything about like if you have two scientific points and one gets like raised up by the media and the other one gets suppressed, the like automatic human inclination is to be like, well, that suppressed one must be like there's something to that suppressed right. one, right? Like there must be a preference for this one that's being raised up. And so, yeah, like the more your family d- digs into the narrative of like, oh, he had a desk job, it's like, oh, he was absolutely a spy. Yeah, he was like some like a Nazi hunter or some shit. Like he was in <laughs> yeah. Germany in post in post World War II Europe. So yeah, um, yeah. So like the the more they try and downplay and talk about how boring it is, that's exactly my mind's going to immediately go to he was a Nazi hunter. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so exciting times um and also um i i didn't know this when i was over at my parents house yesterday so this was the same day when um when my dad pulled out all this documentation uh today is my parents wedding anniversary and i don't know if they're like at 30 years or like very close to being married for 30 years but Mm -hmm. They told me that, and I was like, oh, yeah, I, like, I knew their, their anniversary was in May. Like, maybe this makes me a bad daughter. I don't know. But I, no. I generally don't remember the exact date of their wedding anniversary. Um, but I was thinking about it I was driving as I was driving away, and I was like, you know what? It's pretty dope that my parents have been married for as long as they have. And, like, they've had their ups and downs like every other couple. But, like, sure. the fact that, I don't know. I, I, like, love my parents, like, that much more the more I think about it because it's like they – not only like provided me with like a very financial financially stable home, but um, they provided me with like a really loving, like largely emotionally stable home, which um, and and they continue to be like a very fully functioning married couple to this day. So yeah, um, which happy, is increasingly rare. <laughs> yeah, like happy anniversary to to my parents, to Steve and Heidi. I love you, mom and dad. They don't listen to this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. 
I was just saying, would you have to explain, if you told your parents about this, would you have to explain what a podcast was first? No, no, my, both my parents listen to podcasts. Um, oh, okay. So there's at least that first hurdle would be, yeah. <laughs> not be there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On that note, should we get into this week's bracket? Sure. We are talking about one of my favorite things in all of the world, sandwiches. That is to say we are back on our food bullshit. Yeah, exactly. We managed to go an entire four episodes, three, I guess, in between first and fifth. Um, Yeah, and we're talking about sandwiches, uh, sandwiches of all shapes, sizes, colors, origins, contents. Yeah, no, Um, I'm excited to get into these sandwiches. Um, Yes, I've already upset you before we even recorded. I already upset you that I didn't I haven't had one of the sandwiches on the bracket and you did not seem pleased about it. Yeah, that's right. But also it's the the one sandwich that you're talking about is a regional. It's like a very regional thing. So yeah, um, the fact that you haven't had it. The only reason it upset me slash surprised me is because you have family up here. Like if if you didn't have family up here and you weren't at least semi-familiar with the Philadelphia region, then yeah. I would then I would have been like, yeah, that tracks. But yeah. the fact that you do, anyway, we'll get into it when we when we make it to that sandwich. Um, but we do have two um, play-in matchups for yes. for this bracket, so we'll do those first, and then we will get into the uh, round of sixteen, the bracket proper. That's um, that's right. <laughs> And yeah, literally the first play in. So we have a play in on each side. The first play in uh, includes the sandwich, the aforementioned Philly uh, variant sandwich. Do you want to? Do you want to <laughs> let us know what the two comp- competitors are? Sure do. So we've got the po' boy versus a roast pork with broccoli rob sandwich. Just like in previous brackets, we'll be reading out the definitions or descriptions. Some of them again are self-explanatory. Others are not, but we'll be reading them for all of them for consistency's sake. Uh, so the po'boy almost always consists of meat, which is usually roast beef or fried seafood, often shrimp, crawfish, fish, oysters, or crab. Uh, the meat is typically served on New Orleans French bread, known for its crisp crust and fluffy center. A dressed, in quotation marks, po'boy <laughs> means it has a topping of shredded lettuce, tomatoes, mayo, and pickles. As if this needs to be said, the po' boy originates from New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. um, and then the roast pork with broccoli rob sandwich typically contains tender, slow-roasted pork, which is usually usually shaved or chopped, layered with melting, sharp provolone cheese and garlicky sautéed broccoli rob or spinach. All of this is assembled on a long Italian roll that comes either seated or unseated. Uh, the roast pork with broccoli rob sandwich... Like I was just alluding to, uh, is a Philadelphia specialty. We've got po' boy versus the roast pork with broccoli rob sandwich. I know what I'm picking. What about you? <laughs> yeah, so uh, as alluded, the roast pork and broccoli rob sandwich is the one that I have not had. I have had both of those things separately. Did not know this This was a uh, Philly thing uh, until I Googled it. Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds delicious, but... Yeah, Poe Boys is like where it's at for me because I don't know about you. You read the description and it says it usually includes roast beef uh, or usually meat and it's usually roast beef or seafood. I've pretty much only ever seen shrimp or like, you know, oyster or something like that. But it's yeah. almost always fried shrimp for me. Yeah, I mean, I have a very controversial take in that I think shrimp are overrated as far as seafood goes. Let me... <sighs> 
let me clarify that I just think they're overrated. I don't think they're bad. In fact, I find shrimp to be very delicious. One of Uh the uh, better shellfish, if you will. But I find them to be an overrated filling of for sandwiches and like appetizers Mm. and such. Like I would rather have other seafood or something else. Um, So I like, I think the roast pork with broccoli rob is generally a more filling sandwich. I generally think there, uh, there are more complex flavors to it. And also I'm biased because I'm from the Philly area. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) the thing about the roast pork with broccoli rob sandwich is that it should be the better known sandwich from Philly. It is better than a cheesesteak, in my opinion. I, I'm sure there are people that will disagree with me, but this should really be like the S-tier Philly sandwich where, um, like to take the place of the cheesesteak. So I definitely think the roast pork with broccoli rub is the better sandwich, but I've also had it more often. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures of it. I mean, it looks fucking delicious. <laughs> so it's basically, it appears to be it's roast pork that's like sliced thinly, like almost like deli, like deli slices, but like roast pork. Uh, I mean, I've had it both ways. So I've had it with the slices like you're describing, but I've also had it more often with like chopped roast pork or, or shredded Got roast it. pork. Post pork. Roast pork. <laughs> I, uh, I will say I like po' boys and obviously I am partial to seafood since I live on the coast. Um, that being said, I've had a lot of really mediocre po' boys in my life it's usually just because they're really like dry and stale and just like not sauced or seasoned well that that's a whole other conversation for a later time maybe whenever we did my southern food bracket but unseasoned or under seasoned fried food is a a cardinal sin like that's why i think a lot of people don't like fried food because it just tastes like grease or oil and breading and nothing else uh, because it's not actually properly seasoned but um yeah i'm even though i've never had it this is the play-in matchup it's not it doesn't have a lot of stakes i'm okay with uh the roast pork because you you feel more strongly about the roast pork than i do about a po' boy so i'm willing to allow that that's fair all right roast pork with broccoli rob uh moves on and i really if you've never had one i really really encourage you if you can find one in your general area to to eat it because they are they're so flavorful they're so good they're filling and they just they're like a warm hug in a sandwich. So yeah, I'm gonna see if I can track one down because I do have some like Philly, Philly based restaurants around here, like people from Philly, uh, like pizza places and such. So I'm gonna see if I can, uh, and I'm one of them. I'm pretty good friends with. I'm gonna get up with him and be like, "Hey, could you make me <laughs> a yeah. roast pork and broth garab sandwich?" And the thing is, even if they can't, they could probably point you to someone who can. Yeah, exactly. Or like, at the very least, it last chance, worst case scenario, I'll fucking make one myself. <laughs> right, right. Okay, Excellent. so uh, let's move on to our next play and round matchup, which is a PB and J peanut butter and jelly versus a pulled pork sandwich. And I would bet money that I know which sandwich you're going to pull for here. Which is Unintended. funny because. Hey, well done. You know what? Shut the podcast down. We're done. That's that's all you need. Uh, it's funny because I literally had a peanut butter and jelly earlier today. I, I love a good PB&J. They're delicious. They're easy. Like if you use like good peanut butter and good bread, like they're great. The great like afternoon snack on a Sunday, lazy Sunday like I'm having. But yeah, like I live in eastern North Carolina. If I don't say pulled pork, I'm pretty sure like someone will fucking crash through my skylight and like take me out. You will be evicted. Um, 
Yeah, 100%. Yeah, pulled pork. I am, of course, partial to the Eastern North Carolina uh, pulled pork, which is a vinegar-based sauce. Um, Western North Carolina is a ketchup-based sauce. South Carolina is a mustard-based sauce, and they are a distant third on the list of the Carolina barbecues. But... Yeah, it, for me, it's it's pulled pork, and it's not really competition, although much love to P- PB&J. What about you? Uh, well, actually, I realized you you got right into pulled pork. Uh, I never read the <laughs> definitions of either one. <laughs> Guys, PB&J consists of peanut butter and fruit preserves, jelly or jam spread on bread. You know them, you love them. Nailed it. It's the classic PB&J. A pulled pork sandwich <laughs> uh, for the uninitiated is shredded barbecued pork shoulder which is typically slow smoked over wood when it's when it's made outdoors or you can make it indoors using a slow cooker Um, and the meat is then shredded manually and mixed with the sauce then served on bread my preferred method of ingesting pulled pork is not in sandwich form Mm. i just kind of want to like eat it like shove it into my mouth on its own (laughs) if that's fair so when you when you imagine pulled pork, I imagine you you think of it more in like chunks, right? Like it's yeah. it's like a it like what I mean by that is in North Carolina barbecue, which is pulled pork, is chopped. It's like really finely chopped. Um, whereas it's not like strands really. It's like chopped oh. up pretty fine, and it's, and it's more like scooped onto a sandwich as opposed to like piled like chunks. I see. I mean, I've seen it. No. both ways i yeah to tell you the truth i don't eat pulled pork probably nearly as often as you do for obvious <laughs> reasons um the obvious reason is geographic yeah um but i do love them when i have them again it's not my ideal method of ingesting pulled pork i would rather like i said just shove it into my mouth yeah on its own I'm I'm very split on this one. I feel very strongly that PB and J's are like a top five sandwich. <laughs> I I agree. And if it wasn't, if they weren't matched up this early with pulled pork, I could see them being like a final four uh, contestant. But yeah, I I I can't. I literally I eat a PB and J probably at least once a week. Uh, I do not eat pulled pork that much because I don't care about my body that much, but I care about it enough that I don't eat pork (laughs) like multiple times a week. But yeah, like again, for me, it's the, we're going to go back to the tried and true ceiling floor argument. The best pulled pork sandwich I've ever had, or I'm just going to call it a barbecue sandwich. It's better than the best PB and J I've ever had. And so, uh, and also a barbecue sandwich to me is more of a meal. Whereas like a PB and J is more like an afternoon snack kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Let's remind that the seeding is randomized. I mm. we don't really have a one seed for this bracket either, so the play in yeah. rounds were randomly seeded. Um, yeah. I I'm gonna do what you said for the previous play in round <laughs> in that you feel much more strongly that pulled pork should move on than I feel that we should give consideration to PB and J. So um, the other pork sandwich moves on as well <laughs> oh yeah we literally just had two different pork sandwiches win the play in it's yeah true. yeah yeah but that's okay <laughs> all right so that means that we can move on to our round of 16 or sweet 16 if you prefer um nope. the first matchup is an italian beef sandwich versus the aforementioned roast pork with broccoli rob an italian beef sandwich originated in chicago and it's composed of thin slices of seasoned roast beef simmered and served au jus on a long French roll. 
The bread itself is, at the diner's preference, often dipped or double dipped into the jus the meat is cooked in. And the sandwich is typically topped off with hot and or sweet peppers. And then it's going up against the roast pork with broccoli rob, which we just mm. described. I don't yeah. think I've ever... Mm, I don't want to say ever because I, I think I've had it maybe once or twice in my life. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not nearly as familiar with the Italian beef sandwich as I am with the roast pork with broccoli rob. Obviously, I'm in the reverse. <laughs> but <laughs> I've had Italian beef a few times. In my head, the way I always... I always combine it with like a French dip sandwich. I know they're not the same, but like they're in that same sort of ballpark. Um, And I love a good French dip and Italian beef. I'd like because they usually include the, um, the pepper relish, like the Jardinera, like the pickled pepper relish, which I love. Um, That being said, my main complaint about Italian beef and French dip is I don't like soggy bread, and that is a big issue with those. Um, Especially if you're getting, like, the Italian beef, especially because that's dipped usually before you get it, whereas the French dip, you at least have control of when you're dipping it into the au jus. Um, And so that can be a problem if you get it and, like, maybe take it home or yep. like they're they're like pre you know they're prepping sandwiches like you get it from like a food truck or whatever like yeah it can be a real problem and there's nothing more disappointing than a sandwich with a uh, soggy bread <laughs> that's that's part of listen that's part of the reason why a french dip isn't on here because mm. like i don't mind soggy bread like i'm not anti-soggy bread per se. yeah it's not gonna make me vomit or anything right yeah. but when it comes down to it not only do i prefer the the roast pork sandwich um just because i prefer the taste of it but it can get soggy depending on how much juice is left with the pork that's that's on the roll but um it's not built into the sandwich experience if you know what i mean (laughs) yeah yeah i understand that and i think that's what People I know who don't like pulled pork sandwiches, they usually don't like them because the ones that they get have a lot of the like residual juice from the pork shoulder like in the sandwich. Whereas around here, the pork is more like dry, for lack of a better word. And so I, you don't get that issue. But yeah, the the idea of wet bread just is, it's not disgusting. It's just incredibly disappointing. Yes. <laughs> and so I, uh, I'm, I'm willing to allow the roast pork to go ahead just solely based on your uh fervor and description of it. are you sure i'm like I, yeah. I will hear out italian beef outside yeah. of the soggy bread situation <laughs> no like italian beef is fine it's it, it is probably the one on here that i'm like the least passionate about okay. so i'm i'm fine with it losing out all right roast pork with broccoli rob moves on to the elite eight uh and our next matchup is two classics got a cheesesteak Versus the meatball sub. A cheese mm. steak, for the uninitiated, is made from thinly sliced pieces of beef steak and melted cheese in a long hoagie roll. Which, hoagie, for those who don't know, is the Philadelphia region term for a like submarine sandwich roll. And, to my previous point, uh, the cheese steak has its roots in the city of Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the meatball sub primarily consists of meatballs, a tomato sauce or marinara sauce, and bread such as Italian bread, baguette, cheese such as provolone and mozzarella are sometimes included as an ingredient. Um, my experience, for the most part, is that you have the cheese, whatever your choice of cheese may be, kind of layered on top of the meat, the meatballs. 
Yeah, it's like bottom of the bread, meatballs and sauce, cheese, top of bread, basically. Yeah, or if it's in a hoagie roll, it's going to be meatballs and sauce. Like if it's split open, yeah. Yeah, meatballs and sauce, cheese, and then the best part of a meatball sub, honestly, is when the cheese has been toasted properly, and then you get the little dark bubbly spots. Like if they throw it under like the spider or whatever and like get that nice browning on top. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, so I'm, I'm split here on what I am predicting your pick is because obviously you're from the general, the greater Philly area. So I would think cheesesteak, but you have sung roast pork and broccoli Rob's praises to the point where I wonder if you even like cheesesteaks that much. And so I'm, I'm really, really questioning it. Uh, what, what, how are you leaning? So I generally prefer for my sandwiches, whatever they, whatever they are, to not have yeah. giant chunks of things yes. because they make them harder to eat. So yes. unless the meatball sub is made up of like halved or quartered meatballs, which is almost never the case, I yeah. will almost always take a cheesesteak over a meatball sub. I agree. Uh, I I don't want this to be an episode where we just agree with each other, um, <laughs> but it's going to happen. Um, yeah, I love a meatball sub. Um, like, I love the flavor of meatball subs. It was for a long time. It was like the only thing I ever got at Subway <laughs> was a Valid. meatball sub. But yeah, but yeah, it's it's a difficult thing to eat um, if it's whole meatballs, which it 90% of the time is. If it's, yeah, the halved or, like, quartered, uh, then that's a different story. But, yeah, the cheesesteak is much more uh, uniform and compact, and, like, you can actually eat it correctly without looking like a monster. Mm. Uh, it's a, The meatball sub is the same. I have the same problem with that as I do, like, a normal hard shell taco, where, like, it's impossible to eat it. And, like, by the end of it, you don't have half of it, like, in your container or wrapper or whatever yeah. <laughs> at the yeah. bottom by and the end. Honestly, a meatball sub is a lesser way to eat meatballs anyway. Yeah, so. I agree. Either either eat them on their own or eat them with some sort of pasta. Uh, with a fork, with a fork, you animal. <laughs> that's correct. So, cheesesteak yeah. moves on? Yes, definitely. All right. Cheesesteak onto the Elite Eight. Ooh, we've got a controversy here on our next matchup. <laughs> uh, sausage and peppers versus the hot dog. Now, before we get into that discussion, uh, sausage and peppers, uh, it's going to be Italian sausage and then peppers, sometimes with other ingredients like onions or what have you, on a roll. Um, and then a hot dog, grilled or steamed wiener, served in the slit of a partially sliced bun. I don't like I apologize any of those words for that, that you just said. <laughs> but for consistency's sake, we have to describe the hot dog for what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So let's just get this out of the way. First and foremost, a hot dog is a sandwich because a, a sandwich in in thine eyes, and also according to Wikipedia, is just anything where like a one or more pieces of bread is used as like the container or delivery vehicle or wrapper of meat and veggies and cheese. That's a fucking hot dog. Like if this doesn't count as a sandwich because, Oh, it's not like two pieces of bread or like, Oh, it's just shoved on top. Then like a meatball sub or any other type of subs, not a sandwich either. I would say actually like the vast majority of the sandwiches that we've already talked about would not be on this bracket. If a hot dog doesn't count as a sandwich. (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. So, like, don't fucking at me. Or do. I don't care. Uh, a hot dog is a sandwich, at least for the sake of this argument. Uh, and, I mean, I guess really the sausage. Did you read the description for sausage and peppers? I did, yes. I feel like you did. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I zoned out. Um, <laughs> but, like, same thing. Like, they're very similar in their construction. Just the ingre- various ingredients are different. Um, I love a good hot dog, man. I li- Okay, I had a hot dog. Oh God, no! I okay. This is gonna say a lot of things about me. Uh, I had I've had two hot dogs in the last like two days. One I had one from uh, my local uh, Philly owned uh, pizza and cheesesteak place called Loretta's. Shout out to Loretta's. Uh, they have a thing called the Mickey Dog, which is a hot dog with cheesesteak on top. <laughs> it's a hot dog with like the cheese steak and cheese. Uh, on top of it as the topping. Okay. And it's mm, chef's kiss. It's it's so good too because the combo is five ninety nine and it's that which is a big ass hot dog and cheesesteak, uh, chips and a drink for six dollars. That's a steal. Uh, yeah, so it's so good. And then yesterday I had uh for the first time in probably eight years I had a Coney Island dog from mm. Sonic. Uh, because my wife really wanted a cherry limeade, which I mean, shout out to Sonic's limeades. They're so good. <laughs> I'm, I'm making a gesture like I would very much like a cherry limeade right now. <laughs> They're yeah, so yeah, she, good. Like you get the Route 44 one, which is like a fucking half gallon of drink or whatever. <laughs> um, so she got a cherry one. I got a cranberry limeade and I saw in the app, they have this new Coney Island dog, which is basically a chili cheese dog, but also onion straws on it, like fried onion straws. It was also delicious. <laughs> I also forget how expensive that shit is, but it was like half off in the app. It's a fucking foot long hot dog. Even though it says it in the description, I forgot that that was what it was. So I got it. I'm like, this is a whole ass hot dog. Uh, but I ate it and it was delicious because it's a hot dog. Even like the cheapest like gas station hot dogs are still pretty good. <laughs> I will say um, that from a like it. ceiling floor perspective. Yeah. Oh, the sausage and pepper uh, sandwich takes that in a walk. Like, a bad hot dog is so bad. (laughs) Yeah, because there's not really, like, there's not, like, a fast food quick service sausage and peppers. Like, I mean, they exist, like, they exist, I guess, from the point of view of same thing as, like, cheesesteaks, where you can go up to, like, a walk-up type place. But, yeah, like, you're not going to go buy, like, some fucking sausage and peppers ingredients from, like, the deli meat section of your grocery store and like just throw it together in five minutes like to me it's more of a production and it's more the peppers than anything i mean sausage you can get it and cook it a million different ways yeah to me it's the peppers and there are so many ways to fuck up the like sauteed and or cooked peppers and or onions if you like that as well that that's why it's a hot dog for me because i just feel like you can screw up sausage and peppers really easily I'm very split on this because I think a good sausage and peppers is just, yeah, I wouldn't say it's unmatched, but when Mm. you get like, it's on really good crispy bread. So there isn't any of that like sogginess that we were previously talking about. Um, And it's like a really good Italian sausage. Um, Mm -hmm. I like personally, I don't like it to be a whole sausage, like an intact That's what I was going to, I was about to ask that. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer it to be the sliced boys and then, um, and then the veggies laid on top of it or, or whatever. But I think for me, when you get a really good hot dog, like it has the perfect snap, um, throw mustard on top, 
no mm-hmm. ketchup, no ketchup on your hot dogs, people. <laughs> Uh, perhaps relish, perhaps onions, whatever the case may be. Um, I think there's more variety to a hot dog as far as toppings go. I mean, you were just talking about a fucking cheesesteak hot dog, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, chili cheese dog, like, whatever you want, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, I think sausage and peppers is able to be a more consistently good sandwich. You know, like, you can, you can like, burn the veggies or overcook the sausage or whatever, but generally... Yep. You know, you can sal- you can salvage that or it won't taste too bad. Like, it's still gonna... Yeah. It's still gonna, you know, wet your appetite. Um, versus, like, a really bad hot dog is, like, really, really bad. Think, like, school cafeteria <laughs> hot dog. It's yeah, not great. Yeah, it's basically inedible, yeah. Yeah, but I think the ceiling of a hot dog is better than the ceiling of sausage, sausage and peppers for me. Yeah, I would agree, and I think, honestly, I would make the same argument against sausage and peppers that you did against meatball subs, where sausage and peppers, in my opinion, is best consumed as a pasta dish, as opposed to a sandwich, so. Alright, well, hot dog moves on to the Elite Eight, then. Excellent. (laughs) I think that'll surprise a lot of people, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Alright, then our next matchup, uh, we have a banh mi versus the lobster roll. Uh, Banh mi Mm -hmm. is a Vietnamese roll or sandwich that is a fusion of meats and vegetables from native Vietnamese cuisine, uh, such as pork, pork sausage, cilantro, cucumber, pickled carrots, pickled daikon, etc., combined with ingredients from French cuisine, um, such as pate, which is sometimes used as a spread for the bread, along with uh, chili and mayo, and it's generally served on a really crispy, like, French baguette, uh, versus the lobster roll just native to New England, and it's also popular in the Canadian Maritimes because same coast people. Uh, it's made of lobster meat served on a grilled hot dog style bun, and the filling may also contain butter, lemon juice, salt, black pepper, etc., with variants made in some parts of New England replacing the butter with mayo. Uh, other versions may contain celery or scallions. Are you feeling strongly one way or the other here? Yes, it's bon me. Lobster's yeah, okay, overrated. good. I was uh, worried I was going to have to argue with you about this. Yeah, it's Bon Me because lobster is a Northeastern thing, a New England thing specifically, and fuck New England. Uh, also, wow. I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of mayonnaise, and lobster rolls typically have like a lot of mayonnaise because it's basically a lobster salad <laughs> like in a roll. And yeah, not a fan. Um. Well, Bon Me is moving on. I find Bon Me yes. to be a super tasty sandwich. It's yep. it's a refreshing sandwich too because of all the veggies involved in it, and the the pickled veggies too, yeah. which I love. Um, yeah. But since we, since that's been established, can you elaborate on why you hate New England so much? <laughs> it it's honestly, I think it's just bred into me <laughs> growing up in the South. Um, part of it is like sports related, I'm sure, and part of it is because. I live in a tourist community on the coast in North Carolina, and so in the summertime, it's just a bunch of fucking people from, like, up north and out west just coming out here, and I appreciate that they're supporting my economy, but they're also making it so that my 25-minute drive to work is fucking an hour because they won't get out the goddamn way and don't know where they're going, and I have to pass, like, the main bridge to the beach on my way to work, and they don't know how to merge over into the other lane. Okay, it's it's a very reasonable and well thought out 
bias that I have <laughs> against people from the states of New England. You don't count because you're not far enough north. Listen, I, I no love lost for New England sports teams at all. But I would posit that your issue with the vacation vacationers that come to uh, the Outer Banks and other such towns in the summers are largely not from New England. Probably they're because that's a long ass drive or flight. Yeah. <laughs> I would probably argue that they're from either surrounding states to North Carolina or out west where there aren't any beaches. No, honestly, like, obviously I'm playing it up because why not? Uh, most of the out-of-state license plates I see are Tennessee and New Jersey. <laughs> I don't know why New Jersey. I don't know why New Jerseyans love this fucking state so much. But, yeah, uh, it's le- less to do with... Uh, with <laughs> New England, but I was going to just say Northeast, but then I remembered you lived in the North Northeast, so I decided to uh, localize it even further, and Lobster Roll is not really just a North, Northeastern thing, it's a New England thing. <laughs> okay, well, um, like I said, no love lost for uh, the New England sports teams, um, but, yeah. you know, lest we forget that the Eagles beat the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Um, people big, forget this big, sometimes. Big if tr- yeah, big if true. Yeah. Uh, but I think you should maybe reassess your bias here. No, I actually, I actually think New England is beautiful. I would really like to go to like New Hampshire and Vermont and Maine and shit. They're stunning. Uh, but yeah. your, uh, your regional specialty, uh, of the lobster roll is not moving on New England. Apologies. <laughs> Bonmi moves on right. to the elite eight. Excellent. Uh, okay. So our next matchup, which is the first matchup on the right side of the bracket in the sweet 16, we have a club sandwich versus pulled pork. Uh, And a club sandwich is toasted bread. Uh, It's usually toasted, not always though. Sliced cooked poultry, ham or fried bacon, lettuce, tomato, and mayo. Uh, It's your classic lunch sandwich, almost always served with like a a slice of dill, not a slice, a spear of dill pickles or something. Um, and I usually think that the sliced cooked poultry, I feel like most of the time it's turkey, but... Yeah, it's it's always turkey in any version I've ever seen. <laughs> so that's your club sandwich. And then uh, we already talked about what a pulled pork sandwich is. It's pulled pork on a roll. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that could mean a million different things, but it's pulled pork on a roll. Um, I, and I'll actually, I'll bring that up now. So for us... A barbecue sandwich is pulled pork, slaw, and hot sauce. Specifically around here, it's Texas Pete um, on like a hamburger bun. Mm-hmm. Specifically, um, is that does that track with what you would normally see with a sandwich up there as well? Yeah, my dad actually just made for Mother's Day brunch last weekend. Um, my dad made little pulled pork sliders, and they had and it had, they had coleslaw. Very tasty. Excellent. Um, but yeah, I've seen it with both. I've seen it, um, like open face, but open face sandwiches aren't sandwiches. I digress. Um, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, I honestly, the club sandwich wins this for me. I think club sandwiches are, I don't want to say they're underrated because I think a lot of people very much like club sandwiches, but I think they're more easily accessible. Like you don't need to roast a whole fucking pork shoulder to, to get to it. Um, you, you, 
And also you can find them at like most restaurants on their lunch menu yeah. or brunch menu. Um, I think they can be refreshing from the, uh, the lettuce and tomato. I think that you can get a uh, more variety of additional ingredients like avocado or something to that effect. Um, and I think they're also really filling. Like a lot of the time they are like stacked. You yeah. Know? So with like the giant, with the giant toothpick yeah, going exactly. through it to hold it together. Yeah. So the club sandwich wins it for me, uh, but I will hear your argument, sir. <laughs> so I don't like club sandwiches because I don't like, I don't like raw tomato. Uh, I don't like raw tomato and I don't like mayonnaise. <laughs> uh, I, I think club sandwiches are generally pretty boring, but that's just because I think they're just like one of the standard sandwiches. Like, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but like, yeah, if you see a sandwich menu at a restaurant, it's probably going to have a club sandwich on it. And like, there is something to be argued there that it's like a staple and like everybody likes it, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I just think it's kind of boring. Um, and again, I don't like tomato. And I feel like most places that you get a club sandwich, it is very heavy on lettuce and tomato and pretty light on bacon, especially. And then whatever the meat is, uh, usually turkey. Um, that being said, I do think you have a solid point where club sandwiches are very are varied like you can get a lot of different versions of a club sandwich whereas a pulled pork sandwich just kind of pulled pork man (laughs) like you can put pulled pork on other things there is a restaurant here that their specialty is a cheeseburger with pulled pork on it um that might be too much for me (laughs) but it's not that's not a pulled pork sandwich at that point yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah i don't i don't know i i can't cast a vote for club sandwich to move on but (laughs) <laughs> I'm willing to abstain from a... My thought is that the pulled pork sandwich is beautiful in its simplicity. Mm. Club sandwich has more going on with it, mm-hmm. but it's hard because they both provide very different experiences. You know, like pulled pork yes. is generally a hot or warm sandwich. Club sandwich is generally a cold sandwich. Um, yeah. I feel like a pulled pork sandwich... You're getting a pulled pork sandwich at like an event or something. Like you're not you're not generally mm. like making them for like Tuesday night dinner. At least not yeah. up by me. <laughs> yeah, for for me a pulled pork sandwich is not something we do at home because we are such a barbecue heavy area that like it just doesn't make sense for us to cook that at home unless again going back to what we discussed in a previous week we're having a pig picking which is like a whole ass family event. That's different then we'll have the because most barbecue around here is whole pig barbecue as well um as opposed to pork shoulder and so yeah this is not something we're making at home but then again are you making club sandwiches at home no, i feel like that's normally really, a but i also thing. feel like so i associate club sandwiches with with restaurants specifically yeah, whereas i associate pulled pork sandwiches with like family reunions or or pig pickings, uh, what you were just talking about. So they're, so no, you're not really making either sandwich at home, but you're also not at similar events when you eat them. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Do you find that a pulled pork sandwich is filling on its own? Yes. So (laughs) I mentioned it before the chain that's around here called Smithfield's chicken and barbecue is the best pulled pork you can get outside of again, like, you know, a 90 year old woman making it. And yeah, they have a combo that is 
a barbecue sandwich, a side, usually fries, and a drink. And, like, that's a meal for me. But it also depends on a lot of variables. Depends on, like, how much barbecue is in it. Like, you know, how it's cooked and, like, if it has, like, slaw or, like, toppings or whatever. But, yeah, generally speaking, a barbecue sandwich for me is uh, is a meal. So my thought is that let's say you're getting like the best iteration of cold pork and a club sandwich. Uh-huh. I feel like you will be more satisfied and the sandwich, a club sandwich is more filling just because you have so much involved with it. Like there's so much mm. going on in the sandwich. Whereas with a pulled pork sandwich to what, to your point, actually what you were previously just saying, you have to get, the combo in order for it to be a satisfying meal. Mm-hmm. I'll, okay. I'll make this argument against pulled pork. And it's that because it is so simple, if the pulled pork itself is bad, the sandwich is ruined. Mm. Whereas like, if you get a club sandwich, if like the lettuce is like not great, it's like, you know, wilty or like the tomato is not super ripe. It'll probably get made up for by the other ingredients in the sandwich. Whereas, yeah, if you get a barbecue sandwich around here, because I get no coleslaw, because, again, don't like mayonnaise. So, like, if it's a bad batch where, like, the the barbecue is, like, super fatty or gristly or overcooked, then that's just, like, a ruined sandwich, basically. Because there's nothing else to save it besides yeah. the bread, pretty yeah. much. So, What do you think? I'll, I'll, I'm going to leave the decision to you. I feel like we've both laid out our arguments here. So I'd never had pulled pork. I didn't fill this bracket out fully, but I just kind of went through it in my head. I never had pulled pork like winning or going like super far. And so I'm going to save my energy and passion for some of the other sandwiches on the list. And so I'll be, I'm okay with club sandwich moving on. Okay. Levi has spoken. Club sandwich moves <laughs> on to the elite eight. And then our next matchup is the BLT bacon, lettuce, tomato on bread. Versus a, <laughs> versus a Cuban, which is ham, roasted pork, Swiss cheese, pickles, mustard, and sometimes salami on Cuban bread. I just learned very recently that a Cuban sandwich is hotly contested in, in Florida. <laughs> because in Tampa, where there is a much higher, um, well, I don't know about much higher, where there is a significant Italian population or... Um, uh-huh or Italian immigrant population, they'll put the salami on on the Cuban. Whereas uh, in Miami, no salami. It's very, it's just ham, roasted pork, and then everything else. Yeah. I didn't realize that this was, that this was so controversial, but I was just privy to an argument between <laughs> someone from Tampa and someone from Miami about this. And it was, it got heated <laughs> in a friendly way, of course. So. Yeah, I've uh, I've never heard of the version with salami. So yeah, I didn't even know that that was a, <laughs> a divisive thing. Yeah, essentially, but I've never had one with uh, with salami. Have you? No, but I also try to avoid going to Florida when possible. <laughs> Get wrecked, Florida and New England. <laughs> Fuck all y'all. No, no. Well, see, my my grandma lives in Florida. She she lives in God's waiting room in Boca Raton. So, um, I personally have the Cuban moving on. I think Cuban sandwiches are S tier. <laughs> yeah, Cubans are delicious. Obviously, BLT, I don't like tomato, and I'm not a huge fan of lettuce. I think it's a waste of space. So, like, that's two-thirds of the BLT that I'm just, like, <laughs> done with. So, yeah, Cubans are good. Cuban is, like, 
one of my go-to sandwiches. If I go to a new restaurant and I see it in the menu, I'll get it because I know it's at worst, it's going to be still pretty good. Right. All right. Cuban sandwich done and done. Moving on to the elite eight. And then our next matchup in the round of 16, we have a fried chicken sandwich versus the Reuben Uh, fried chicken sandwich. Exactly what it sounds like. Fried chicken on bread, typically a roll. Uh, And then a Reuben, it's going to be corned beef, Swiss cheese and sauerkraut. Um, and Russian dressing grilled between slices of rye bread. I'll probably betray my heritage here because you probably assume I would go uh, fried chicken because fried chicken, but I fucking love a Reuben. Reuben is like a top three sandwich for me. Um, love me uh, some Popeyes and the uh, the Christian chain that shall not be named, but <laughs> uh, yeah, Reuben, Reuben's where it's at. Again, even like, same with a Cuban, even if it's like an okay Reuben, it's still going to be pretty good. <laughs> I kind of want to abstain from this vote. I'm not going to lie. Um, because do you feel like you can't vote against the Reuben? No, it's because I think like fried chicken sandwiches don't do anything for me. And I mm. don't like sauerkraut. So, Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. Which, I mean, I understand that. Like, I love sauerkraut. Like, I wouldn't eat it like on its own. But like, I can understand. It's a very strong profile. So Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen Reuben's or what are advertised as Rubens with uh, coleslaw instead of sauerkraut. And I'll, I would wreck that sandwich. It's they're so good. <laughs> but when I think of a Reuben, it has to have sauerkraut on it. So if you're advertising, yes. like I said, if you're advertising a Reuben to have coleslaw instead of sauerkraut, I would personally consider that to be a different type of sandwich. Still delicious, yeah, I would, but not yeah. a Reuben. I would say the only thing that could be substituted in these ingredients and it still be considered a Reuben is a lot of the times I see Thousand Island dressing used instead of Russian dressing. I think that's acceptable. I don't think it's ideal. But yeah, if you switch out the sauerkraut, if you switch out the corned beef for like, I've seen like seafood versions with like fish and stuff and they're still good, but it's not a Reuben. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I love a Reuben and... I uh, love a fried chicken sandwich too, but yeah, Reuben is far and away where it's at to me. Okay, so because I'm abstaining, Reuben moves on. <laughs> Reuben moves on one nothing. That's right. Uh, and then our final matchup in the round of 16, we have a grilled cheese versus a bacon egg and cheese. This is a Sophie's choice of sandwiches <laughs> for me. Grilled cheese, hot sandwich consisting of cheese melted between two slices of toasted bread. Simple bacon, egg, and cheese. Bacon, eggs, typically fried or scrambled, cheese and bread, which may be buttered and toasted. My ideal bacon, egg, and cheese is on a bagel, not on bread. Mm. Or not on, like, slices of bread or, like, a roll. It's going to be on a bagel. Uh, Mine is either on a hamburger-type bun, like, that style bun, because I've been to... There's a breakfast place around here that does those, but they flip the bun inside out and so you get the the cut side is the one that gets like the grilling um, because they press it yeah it's delicious either that or uh english muffin bagels we've discussed my problem with bagels as sandwich (laughs) devices delivery vehicles because they have a hole in the middle um for that (laughs) well uh bagels didn't win our breakfast car bracket so who's laughing now but i feel like this is like grilled cheese is delicious and then you add bacon and egg to it. I mean, like, I feel like it can't be anything but bacon, egg, and cheese because you take something delicious and grilled cheese and you add two universally delicious things in bacon and egg. Yeah, and I also think um, bacon, egg, bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches are more filling. It's more, mm. it's more of a full meal. Whereas a grilled cheese, delicious, 
yeah. but not very filling on its own. And you generally no. want to pair it with like some sort of side, whether that's tomato soup, tomato soup. or like potato chips or, or pickles or yeah. something like that. Like you yeah. generally want something to go along with the grilled cheese in order to make it a complete meal. Whereas a bacon, egg and cheese is a complete meal unto itself. Yeah. Bacon, egg and cheese is just grilled cheese that went to college and I'm very here for it. Okay, so uh, unanimous then, bacon, egg, and cheese moves (laughs) on to the Elite Eight. And then we also move on to our Elite Eight, uh, where our first matchup is going to be the roast pork with broccoli. Oh, sorry. I just 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 saw this matchup in totality. I was on like autopilot there for a second. We have a Philadelphia matchup here. We've got the roast pork with broccoli Rob versus a cheesesteak. Why, universe? (laughs) Why? That's incredible that that worked out. Because again, all of the original seedings were random, including the play-in round. Yeah. So, damn. Ooh. Okay. I. You know what? I'm gonna sit back and let you take this one for a minute because I obviously you know where I stand just by default. So please, uh, Allison, continue. I mean, I I am on record on this very episode of this very podcast saying that the roast pork with broccoli rob is and should be the better recognized Philadelphia sandwich. It's more filling. There are even some nutrients in there with the broccoli rob or spinach. I mean, I wouldn't kiss a loved one afterwards because it's very garlicky. Ooh, I didn't know about the garlic portion of it. I fucking love garlic. Yeah, so the whether it's broccoli rob or spinach, I tend to prefer broccoli rob just because it adds another layer to like the flavor profile. Whichever green you're using, it's sautéed with uh, with garlic. Ooh, okay, okay. I I love a good cheesesteak. I'm not super passionate about cheesesteaks because I've had bad cheesesteaks in my life. Um, And so I'm I'm definitely more passionate about some of the other sandwiches still left on this. Like, yeah, I like a good cheesesteak, but I feel like just based on, I trust your opinion, especially when it comes to food. So if you tell me that the roast pork and broccoli rob is better than a cheesesteak and it should be the representative of Philly food, then I I, I trust you and uh, I'll go with that. I appreciate that trust. And you know what? <laughs> I I want to say that cheesesteaks are generally delicious. Like you said, yes. you just said that you've had a bad cheesesteak in your, in your time. I don't yeah. think I've ever had a bad cheesesteak. I've had like okay cheesesteaks. I've had cheesesteaks yeah. where I sh- should have ordered extra cheese because there just wasn't enough cheese on the cheese steak but yeah overall it's a very solid sandwich it's a good meal if you add like caramelized onions to it it's even better yeah it's so good but i just don't think as far as one what should be the representative of city's cuisine <laughs> and two what is generally more filling and has more to it from both a flavor mm. and like just sheer amount of food to it perspective. I think <laughs> yeah. the broccoli or I'm sorry, the roast pork with broccoli Rob wins that in a walk. I know that there will be people that disagree with me. I know that there will be people that say that like a cheesesteak is more consistent in quality and um, you can find more of them and they're just more available to people writ large, not just in the Philadelphia area, but roast pork with broccoli Rob is the winner for me. Um, so before we, uh, bury cheesesteak, what's your preferred cheese on a cheesesteak? I mean, not whiz, <laughs> not cheese product. Um, I, listen, I generally am not the biggest fan of provolone, like, on its own, but, mm. um, I think provolone is a really good option. Um, I think, honestly, because of the, 
because of how melty it gets, American cheese is a really good option for a cheesesteak. I think American cheese overall gets poo-pooed a lot for good reason. Like, don't get me wrong. It's just, it's not like a good cheese in compared to, or I'm sorry, in comparison to like a cheddar or whatever. But um, I think what what you really want from cheese in a cheesesteak is it being melty and gooey and and kind of yeah. mixing into the actual like meat of the sandwich. So from yeah. that perspective, I think American cheese is a really good option there. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. I agree. I think I like provolone, but I think it's kind of boring. And especially I think if you put it in like a hot sandwich where it gets melted, uh, meatball sub being another example, I think you just kind of don't really taste it. You get like the texture of cheese and that's about it. Uh, yeah, I am a cheese whiz person, but uh, <laughs> the the second my second option, which is also not cheese, is yeah, American like American singles, <laughs> right. two not cheeses basically. Yeah, two cheese products for Levi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well then, uh, with due respect to the cheesesteak, may it rest in the most peace. Uh, roast pork <laughs> with broccoli. Rob moves on to the final four. And our next matchup in the Elite Eight is going to be the hot dog versus a banh mi. This is easy for me. It's banh mi. <laughs> See, yeah, this is, it's easy and tough for me because I've never had a bad banh mi, but I think it's because banh mi around here is such a, like, destination food. Like, I have to seek it out. And so, obviously, I'm not getting it from, like, some random-ass corner uh, restaurant or, like, a street vendor or something like that. And I'm sure those are probably still delicious, too, but, like, I have limited options of where I can get it from, and all of them are good. And so, like, I feel like my image of banh mi is probably skewed towards the positive, uh, whereas I've had a hot dog. I've had a billion hot dogs in my life, and most of them have been pretty good, but some of them are fucking trash. So, uh, yeah, banh mi uh, takes it from me just because uh, I love a good pickle vegetable on a sandwich, and I don't so think the, I don't think it's used enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, here's the thing with a hot dog, right? When you get, like... I don't eat hot dogs often, but when I yeah. go to, um, like a, I want to say like a barbecue, but that's something very specific to you <laughs> or it means something very specific to you. Yeah. Whereas a cookout. Like, yeah. If I go to a cookout or, or if my, or a, a birthday party or whatever, where people are just throwing burgers and hot dogs on the grill and yeah. I haven't had a hot dog in, in quite a while. And then I get that the hot dog off the grill for the first time in forever. As long as it isn't like over, like extremely overcooked. Yeah, it's, like charred. Yeah, it's one of those tastes where you just, you forget how good it is until you actually get it. <laughs> and it's such a specific taste that you can only get from a hot dog. Yeah, for better like, or for worse. Nothing, yeah, nothing else tastes like a hot dog. And I know that's mostly from, like, the nitrites and stuff right. in it, but it's so fucking good. Yeah, like, I don't ever buy hot dogs. Like, I could easily have a pack of hot dogs and, like, cook them or microwave them or whatever in my house. But I don't ever buy them because I feel like the best hot dogs are, like, yeah, the event hot dogs, the cookouts and the baseball game hot dogs. And I feel like I want my hot dogs to be, like, (laughs) experienced out in the world as opposed to just in the sadness of my house. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I I do want to give, actually, a special shout out to um, Ikea's vegetarian hot dogs. I'm not joking. They are the best vegetarian hot dogs I've ever had. And they don't have Ooh. any, like, meat replacement in it. Like, there, there isn't really, like, soy or, like, tempeh or anything like Got that. It. It's, it's completely made up of just vegetables and legumes. Um, Interesting. Like, non-soy legumes. I, I yeah. cannot recommend them enough. If, 
if you or your friend or a family member are a vegetarian and are looking for like an alternative for the aforementioned cookouts or barbecues and you have an Ikea nearby you, go get them. They are so good. Interesting. I really wish I had an Ikea close to me. I don't. The closest Ikea to me is five hours away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not worth it in that instance, but like, I have, <laughs> yeah. um, so there are two relatively close to me. There's one in Conshohocken, which is probably like 20 to 30 minutes, and then there's one in Philly proper, which is about the same distance. It's just in different directions. Is the one in Philly proper the one with the fucking boat uh, in front of it? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i'm talking about it's the one with the fucking boat in front of it yeah okay okay i'm just wondering yeah okay okay so bonmi moves on to the final four and uh our next matchup in the elite eight is going to be the club sandwich versus the cuban mm, i mean you know where i'm going with this like it's cuban and it's not close but what what's what say you it's cuban Okay. <laughs> it's Cuban. I mean, like, yeah. I all due respect to the club sandwich, which I sung its praises in the last round. They're very filling. Um, they've got a lot going on in the sandwich. You can tweak it to your own preferences within reason. Um, but it's you cannot beat a good Cuban. I mean, may, yeah. maybe something will beat it in this bracket. Who's to say, really? But. Um, when you get a good Cuban sandwich, it's it's divine. Yes, it's it's so good. Like a uh, Cuban is so good. And again, like I've had you know not so great Cubans before, where like the bread is uh, stale or like the meats are dry in it or whatever. But generally speaking, if I'm getting a Cuban, I'm probably pretty happy. Yeah, I the thing <laughs> I love the most about Cubans is the tang that you get from the mustard and the pickles. Because, yeah. I mean, listen, you could have a uh, ham and cheese panini and without the mustard and the pickle and you would be yeah. like, ah, well, it's fine. But once you add that and like, obviously, I know there's roast pork involved, but yeah, all that's to say, once you add the, the tanginess that the mustard and the pickle provides to the richness of everything else going on in the sandwich, it, it puts it onto another level. Yeah, and it's usually that good like deli mustard yeah. too, not just like not just like a uh, fucking oh my god, I can't think French's. what's the like normal French's, yeah, the normal like French's yellow mustard, which no hate, it has its place, but yeah, that good deli mustard. Uh That's the oof. Stuff. Now I really want a Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> I know what Levi's getting for dinner. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, so Cuban moves on to the final four, and our final matchup in the Elite 8 is the Reuben versus the Bacon Egg and Cheese. Due to my dislike of sauerkraut, it's bacon, egg, and cheese for me. That's, I mean, I understand that kind of my same argument against like the BLT and club sandwich because of tomato. I mean, yeah, I love a good Reuben, but like bacon, egg, and cheese, it it shines in its simplicity. Um, and again, it's pretty hard to fuck up bacon or eggs or cheese yeah. <laughs> individually. Like the only way you can fuck up bacon is to overcook it. And even then, probably still pretty good. Egg, like, egg's either good or it's not. Like, it's either super raw and you cook it some more, or you overcook it and then you fucking give it to your dog and start again, because eggs cost like three cents. Um, yeah, so it's, it. I think it's nigh impossible to fuck up a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. And you know what I love about bacon, egg, and cheese versus the Reuben? Mm. You could do thin or thick cut bacon, and it could be 
softer cooked or crispy. You can yep. do scrambled eggs. You can do over easy. You can do over hard. You can, I mean, if you really wanted to do, I guess you could do a poached egg, but that's like, that's, that's a bold choice depending on if it's <laughs> portable. <laughs> um, and then you can pick whatever type of cheese you want. Like, and then also whatever type of bread you want, you know, like yeah, there's, it, there's so much more variety within the confines of the sandwich than with the Reuben. Yeah. The Reuben is very specific ingredients. And, yeah. Like we talked about. Yeah. yeah. And, and out like outside of my personal feelings towards sauerkraut, all those things put together for most people are generally delicious, but you yeah. can personalize the bacon, egg and cheese where you cannot with the Reuben. Yeah, I agree. Bacon, egg, and cheese is like a choose-your-own-adventure sandwich where you could switch out any of the parts with an equivalent and it's going to be good. Whereas, I agree, the Reuben is very strict in its rules and if you replace any of the parts, it'll probably still be good, but it's not going to be a Reuben exactly. anymore. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, no, bacon, egg, and cheese, we, we love you. We sing your praises. That's right. Uh, bacon, egg, and cheese, on to the final four, as are we. Uh, so our... <laughs> Our first matchup in the final four, first out of two, is going to be the roast pork with broccoli rob versus the banh mi. I know how I feel. Where do you stand? <laughs> I like it sucks that the one sandwich I haven't had on here has made it this far because I feel like I just can't contribute that much to it except for just to adamantly defend whatever the com competitor is. Uh I mean, yeah, it's Bon Me for me. Um, again, Bon Me is a it's a more of a special occasion because it's not easy to get. But um, are you feeling strongly of uh, one way? I am, and the winner is Bon <laughs> Me for me. Hey, I really <laughs> I threaded the needle on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, the okay, so I love a roast pork with broccoli, Rob. However, there is the threat of soggy bread, which mm -hmm. we both talked about rounds and rounds ago can ruin a very good sandwich. And it's also a very heavy sandwich. Listen, I'm not saying you should not eat a roast pork with broccoli rob. <laughs> Clearly I am not saying that. But if you're looking for a lighter lunch or something that is very portable and won't like weigh you down for the rest of the day, it's not the sandwich that you're going to eat. I think a banh mi is refreshing. I think it's very portable. There is not the threat of soggy bread. And also the bread is kind of what makes it so good. It's crispy. It's light. Yeah. It's it's French. It's <laughs> it's so good. Um, so yeah. And also like the pickled veggies add that extra layer of uh, yeah. flavor that you don't get in a lot of other sandwiches. So it's bon me for me as well. Yeah, the uh, I was going to talk about the bread actually specifically because I think the bread is what makes it because it's it. It's basically like a slightly softer French baguette, I guess, for... I'm trying to, like, find the words to, like, really describe it. But I like it because it's not fucking three inches of bread on either side of the contents. Like, it's it's a pretty narrow uh, uh, baguette or sub-roll or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think, yeah, the... Uh, like the bread itself is called banh mi as well, right? This is a mochi situation yeah. where like yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's 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 the part of the sandwich and also the entire sandwich. But yeah, uh, I I love a good banh mi and uh, shout out to <laughs> roast pork and broccoli, Rob. I will try you one day, maybe when I get up to yeah, <laughs> to man. around your area. Yeah. But if 
If you or someone you know are seeking a roast pork with broccoli rob sandwich in or around the Philadelphia area, you got to get Dinix. Like that's the classic. That's the classic place to go. Yeah. Reading Terminal good, Market. Good if it please. Excellent. All right. So Bon Me on to the championship. And then our second matchup in the final four. This is going to be a toughie. We've got the Cuban yeah. versus the bacon, egg, and cheese. This is the first one where I don't have a winner in mind because they're so different. Like, yes, yes, you can have a bacon, egg and cheese at any time of day, but it's generally going to be a breakfast brunch type thing. Whereas a Cuban is generally going to be a lunch, not so much a dinner, but I mean, I guess you could have. It's weird to me to think about having a a sandwich for dinner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So, but like one, I think a Cuban is more filling. But I think a bacon, egg, and cheese is more consistently good. And so, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts? What's going on inside that brain of yours? Putting aside sauerkraut, it's a similar matchup as bacon, egg, and cheese versus the Reuben. Because the Mm. Cuban is very specific ingredients. Whereas bacon, egg, and cheese, there's much more variety sort of allowed within the confines of the main ingredients. Yes. But... I generally like the prescribed ingredients included in a Cuban more than I like the prescribed ingredients in a Reuben. Please tell me I said Cuban and Reuben in the correct order there. I cannot remember. (laughs) I think you got it, but I think I just have... (laughs) My brain just put the right words in, even if you didn't. But I think you got it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, I don't know. I generally eat bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches more often Mm. but that doesn't necessarily mean it's better it just means that it's more available to me (laughs) yeah that's what this is probably going to come as a surprise but i don't eat bacon that often um like we don't generally have it in the house i eat eggs a shitload because they're cheap and they're easy to cook and you can cook them a million different ways but yeah i don't really eat bacon that often um, and if I was to go to like a diner, which I we've discussed, I love diner food. Um, I'm usually going to get sausage as my breakfast meat as opposed to bacon. And so like bacon's not a weakness in the sandwich, but it's not really like getting me excited. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas I think a Cuban, if I see a Cuban on the menu, I, so I don't know how you <laughs> look at a menu in a new restaurant. I skim it and I see like one or two things where I'm like, all right, if I don't see anything else that I want, like I can come back to these one or two things. Yeah. And a cube Cuban is that for me. Cuban is like a safety, like comfort item that I know will be at the very least satisfying and a very least like is a seven out of 10 uh, at any given time. But at the same time, I've never made a Cuban at home and I never will because that just seems like a lot of work. <laughs> You know, I was talking about the tanginess and the um, additional like layer of flavor that the mustard and pickles add where you don't get that with the bacon, egg and cheese. Like bacon, egg and cheese sandwiches are rich the whole way through. You can add like, I mean, depending on the cheese you choose, like you could do a pepper jack or something like that. And that will um, give you a little extra zing, a little bit of like differentiation there. But Okay, here, let's do a thought experiment real quick. I want you to describe to me, close your your eyes, describe to me out loud your ideal bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. Go. Okay, it's going to be on a sesame bagel. Excellent. With not super crispy bacon. 
So I still mm. want it to be like cooked. <laughs> I know that some people yeah, like yeah. almost raw bacon, but I want it to be yeah. cooked, but still slightly chewy bacon. So a little bit floppy still. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's probably going to be an over easy egg, but the yolk isn't runny. It's going to be like a jammy Ooh. yolk. Uh, because okay. generally if I'm getting a bacon, egg and cheese, it's probably me on the go. So I don't want mm-hmm. as much as I love runny yolks. Like I don't want it running down my hand <laughs> while I'm yeah. driving. It needs to be walking. solid enough that you can take a bite out of it and it's not going to like go everywhere. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the cheese, it's gotta be a melty cheese. So cheddar mm-hmm. is out as much as I love a sharp cheddar. It's not going to be cheddar. Um, no. I think a Gruyere is probably really good, but you generally won't find that on menus of places where you can get a bacon, egg, and cheese. Um, yeah. So I'm probably going to err on the side of either, like I said before, a pepper jack, which are which is really creamy and melty and really good, um, or yep. your standard American cheese for the for the melting factor. So yep. Um, so that's your that's your ideal bacon, egg, and cheese. Yeah. Now, with that in mind. Is that better or worse than the best Cuban you've ever had? <laughs> you look, to describe to the listeners, you look so deep in thought. Like, this is the most serious and pressing <laughs> question I've ever asked you. I'm very <laughs> contemplative right now because... Yeah. This is important. It is. <laughs> I think I think the Cuban wins for me in this case. I, I That was not what I was expecting, but I, I'm glad that my thought experiment helped. I like to throw some purples your way sometimes. Yeah, oh, it's always a, good. Does a Cuban also move on for you? I was 50-50, so I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, the I love a good bacon, egg, and cheese, uh, but to me, a Cuban is more of... It's more of a treat, <laughs> for for lack of a better word. Bacon, egg, and cheese is good, but you can literally get it at any time of day or night from damn near anywhere, including, like, fucking McDonald's. Yeah. Um, and so that doesn't take away from it, but the ubiquity kind of kind of takes some of the shine off of it, for lack of a better word. So, yeah, Cu- Cuban, I'm comfortable Cuban, moving on. All right, so our championship matchup is the Bonmi versus the Cuban. And I want to pause here. To read a review from one of our dedicated listeners. Five star review from 21 comma a winner. The review reads a generational roster of talent. These guys are the real deal breaking down the game tape at the highest of levels. Thank you so much. If a Cuban could not have been. No, 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 wait. (laughs) The review continues. If Cuban doesn't win the eventual sandwich bracket, I'm going in on you, though. Up to, up before the Cuban part, I was like, you took the review from some other podcast that's not ours and just like plugged it in here. Uh, that's okay. Well, thank you to whoever whoever that was. 21, uh, comma, a winner. 21, comma, a winner. Right. And now we are going to choose a winner, not 21 of them, only one, between Bon Me and a Cuban sandwich. I genuinely have no idea what I'm going to pick. What about you? I'm leaning <laughs> slightly towards the bon me. Ooh, I was going to say I'm leaning like 5149 towards Cuban. Mm. But that I think that means either of us could be swayed the other way. That's correct. Now, the thing mm. with the bon me is that I find it to be a very refreshing sandwich. And mm-hmm. 
I, I, I've said this a lot. I've, I've used that exact phrase a lot as this bracket's gone on. But I really think the fresh vegetables and fresh herbs puts it slightly over the edge for me. You can, uh, you can, yeah. you can throw whatever fresh veggies you want in that sandwich, and you can not whatever fresh herbs you like, because obviously you want to use herbs that are generally used in a banh mi construction. But um, I, I usually am not a cilantro fan, but I'm okay with cilantro and a banh mi. I love fresh parsley. Yeah you know, whatever else you want to throw in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a fair reason. I, I appreciate banh mi and we've said this already for the pickled uh, vegetables portion, because it does give you that tang in a similar way that the mustard from the Cuban does as well. I will say that I really appreciate that banh mi use pickled daikon. Cause I feel like that's some, that's an ingredient that is really good in appropriate portions. And I feel like it does not get used enough, at least not among like the Asian American diaspora food that we have, uh, Available in, in the, the, US. the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so that's definitely a check in the column of banh mi, but the Cuban is so damn good. Is the Cuban, I didn't even look, is the Cuban the only like pressed sandwich we had on this bracket? Cause if so, that's that's something to be said as well. Cause I love a good press sandwich because that's my biggest problem with. I mean, like, the grilled cheese is on the bracket. Oh, true. Yeah, which I guess you don't necessarily have to press it, but it's but you basically do yeah. with a spatula. Um, that's my. I'm gonna take this moment to air out some grievances related to like YouTube chefs, and I watch several of them, like Benjamin with Babish and Josh Weissman and people like that. But whenever they do, like you know home recreations and like fancy recreations and stuff just because a sandwich is taller doesn't mean it's better i would agree with that 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 really bothers me when they're like oh we're gonna make our own popeye's chicken sandwich and it's like they do the side-by-side picture and theirs is just like fucking a foot tall and it's like i'm sure it's good man but like i can't eat that (laughs) like i have to eat that with a knife and fork and at that point why am i eating a sandwich like it just that's one of those things that like just like maybe 10 years ago when restaurants thought it was cool to like just start putting bacon and fucking everything like it's just one of those things where like they think like you need to have this ridiculous like <laughs> tower of ingredients um so all that to say that i respect cuban for being a pressed sandwich it's got like the appropriate amount of ingredient of each ingredient it's pressed down to a nice compact package but still filling when you eat it it just doesn't have any of the excess air and random bullshit in it uh so here i don't know what i will say about a banh mi (laughs) yes you can get a vegetarian banh mi and it isn't like i don't want to say controversial but Mm. it's like the protein that you use in a banh mi can be tofu it can be tempeh it can be i don't want to say whatever you want because i'm not vietnamese and i don't want to speak to that yeah but there are more options as far as dietary restrictions or dietary choices that you don't get with a cuban 
Yeah, I will say that I think you could use. I really just like playing devil's advocate against myself. Uh, I think it's fun. It's a it's fun. Um, I do think you could use the Reuben argument against the Cuban as well. Whereas, like, if you switch out any of the ingredients of a Cuban, it's probably not a Cuban anymore. With the exception, I guess, of apparently adding salami. Oh, don't tell, sounds... don't tell uh, South Florida people that they they're <laughs> yeah, exactly. very adamant that once you add or subtract <laughs> something from a Cuban, it's not a Cuban anymore. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. Like, you take out literally any one of the, what, five ingredients, and it's not a Cuban anymore. And I think there is something to be said for uh, ability to vary from the core idea. Um, Because, yeah, people have different tastes. People have different dietary restrictions. People have different preferences on the ingredients and the flavors that they like. And so... Yeah, I think on me for me yeah. like the more we've talked through this the more i've leaned further yeah. toward the bond me because um just like other like previous brackets i think it wins off the back of versatility i i think like as yeah the whole thing with the bond me my understanding is that it's really good crispy bread like french bread fresh vegetables and herbs and then some sort of protein whatever that protein may be so right it just it, it goes back to kind of like bacon, egg, and cheese as well. Like you can <laughs> you can have variety within the confines of those rules, whereas with a Cuban, you don't have that variety. And I also think personally that I maybe prefer the flavor profile of Vietnamese mm-hmm. food over Cuban food. That doesn't mean I dislike the 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 flavor profile of Cuban food. Uh, I very yeah. much enjoy it actually, but um, I think the freshness. And the herbiness and the variety uh, push Bon Me over for me. Yeah, I agree. I generally, as well, prefer various Asian flavor profiles to Cuban, Central American, Caribbean, like just in that general region. That yeah, the the various spice and herb mixtures. Uh, that, that's just what I prefer. I think Bon Me wins it based on versatility and being able to switch out various things based on personal preference and diet and still be able to enjoy a bond me and it still be true to what it is <laughs> at its core. Okay. Do we have a winner then? I think we do. Bond me wins it over the Cuban sandwich in the final round. Uh, honestly, I'm going to say again, I didn't fill this bracket out beforehand. That's a surprise to me. I did not, just from skimming this bracket, I did not see Bon Me getting this far, much less winning the entire thing. And you know, when I've done this bracket with the discords that I'm a part of, yeah. um, there have been a few folks that said that other people are overrating the Bon Me, and my that has mm. not that is has not and never been my experience with a Bon Me. I always find them to be delicious. I always find them to be filling. Um, and I... Kind of like what I was talking about with the hot dog, where I kind of like forget how good it is until I have it. Um, I yeah. forget how good banh mi sandwiches are un- um, until I have them after a while. So, um, yeah. whereas with Cuban sandwiches, I can very specifically like picture the texture and the flavor profile in my like in my mind's eye right now. With the banh mi, it just varies so often depending on the ingredients and depending on like the family recipe or the restaurant's recipe. So I'm here for it. I really enjoy that we can surprise ourselves even sometimes. Well, apologies (laughs) to our reviewer, 21 comma a winner. Uh, Cuban did not win 
the sandwich bracket, but it got very close. So uh, congrats to the Bon Me. Anyway, that's our episode for this week. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, thank you for listening, wherever you may be. Uh, please rate. Oh yeah, we are we are on uh, Apple now. I don't know if we've mentioned that because I don't think we've posted it on Twitter, but we're on Apple Podcasts now. So I think that covers the entire gamut of podcast channels that we can be downloaded from. Yeah. So now you actually can rate, comment, etc., <laughs> whatever you want to do. <laughs> Hopefully, this sandwich bracket didn't ruffle too many feathers. Uh, and we will talk <laughs> to you next week. See you later. Bye. Bye.